Next on BYU Sports Nation, hold up. Is BYU joining the American Athletic Conference gaining traction? Why should BYU be interested? Is Golden State a golden fit for James Taft Fredette? Plus, ESPN College Football Insider Phil Steele joins us to preview BYU. Why are the Cougars top 40 caliber? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, June 25th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Rafa Nadal of badminton. At least he thinks he could be that guy, Jerem Jordan. More like Goodminton. Uh, <laughs> last night, Mark Durant held his yearly, hey, basketball, radio, people, and we get the invite too, which was fun. So hung out with Mark and Greg Rebell and Jason Shepard and the whole gang. So it was really fun. Uh, Russell Larson goes, you know, the sixth leading scorer in uh, BYU history. So, yeah, we, uh, we had some fun. Mark has a tremendous backyard. He has some goats. He wanted to name them Gretzky and LeBron. Or Gretzky and Jordan or something. Jordan and LeBron. Uh, Jordan and LeBron. Like actual goats. He wanted to actual name Jordan goats. and LeBron. I was using the restroom and I was hearing the bat. Yeah, so here's Jason and I playing badminton. Or Listen, badminton to... is not as oh, easy so as this. It is a hard sport. I learned this in Korea. So hard. Yes, I was playing uh, with uh, some senior citizens as part of our service project on my mission trip, Jerem. Yeah. And I was getting worked by people 70 plus. It is not easy. Yeah, well, clearly Jason and I stink at this and <laughs> won't be making the uh, intramural squad. How much badminton have you played in your life? Uh, it's probably like the third time or something. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. It's hard, man. <laughs> I know. The, bir- the birdie is not easy to control. Thanks for calling it that. You're welcome. A loaded show lineup. That's all the badminton talk we have. Yeah, please. Someone's like, click. We no. do have two <laughs> college football insiders, Phil Steele of ESPN, the preseason college football magazine guru. Got it right here. Look. Yes, we do. Look, Loads of information. Boom. We're going to dig placement. into his mind about BYU football. Plus, Brett McMurphy, formerly of ESPN, now a stadium sports. He's making headlines with conference realignment and put out there that BYU just might be a good fit for the AAC. We're going to dig into that. Remember what I said last time when he was on? Brett, we just have you on to find an excuse to talk. Realignment. Realignment. and Expansion. Uh, here we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, welcome back, Brett McMurphy. UConn. Plus a best of BYU football media day between the lines. What are the innermost thoughts of Jeff Grimes? <laughs> it took a long time to ponder on a question. <laughs> You're going to explore that. <laughs> really fun. Uh, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Stadium Sports, Brett McMurphy. Again, he'll join the program. Reports that Independence, Army, and BYU are the top two candidates, if interested, mm-hmm. to replace UConn as the 12th team in the American Athletic Conference. Okay, UConn going back to the Big East. Uh, TBD in football because the Big East doesn't have a football league, although the American claims to be the Big East in football now. It's kind of a weird deal, so we'll break it down. Phoenix Suns have declined their team option this season on Jimmer Fredette's contract per Shams Chararian of, uh, excuse me, Chenaria of the Athletic. This clears the way for Fredette to play for the Warriors in the NBA Summer League. 
Jason mentioned this yesterday. Uh, so he's not on the Suns anymore. So that was going to happen. There the formality uh, occurs. So the Suns don't re-up with Jimmer. Jackson Clough continues his midsummer tear. Former BYU baseball player now in the single A level. Went one for three with a hit and two walks in a 7-6 Hagerstown Suns. Lost to the Hickory Crawdads. Nice. And in AAA, Taylor Cole earned the win with a 14-9 Salt Lake Bees victory over the Fresno Grizzly Bears. Cole pitched three scoreless innings, struck out four in his first game back with the Bees. He's a guy who goes up and down with uh, the Angels and the Bees, AAA majors. Hey, he's a guy that's uh, on the speed dial to call up. Yeah, he's making that L.A. to Salt Lake play quite a bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, we just laid out the scenario for you from Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports, who says, Independence, BYU, and Army, if interested, are the top two candidates to replace UConn in the AAC. I, man, there is a lot there, Jerem. But let's start simple. Why should or shouldn't BYU be interested in joining the American Athletic Conference. Let's go. You're in a conference, so you have more context for the season, right? Right now it's like, what's the point of in- independence? It's to be on ESPN, right? Competitively, BYU's not independent um, for those reasons. It's more to be on ESPN, right, in my opinion. You can still win the league if you're in the American, and you get a trophy, and you're proud of your accomplishment, even if you uh, stink in the non-con, right? Um you don't have to hope to go undefeated and make a splash. Number two, it's a league that's produced some good teams, by the way, the last couple of years. UCF, the last two years, has been top 12, back-to-back, New Year's six bowl games, 25-game win streak. Uh, f- uh, three of the past four years, there have been three teams in the league that had 10-plus wins. In fact, a top 12 team in three of the last four. So it's been a good league. It's been better than the Mountain West, frankly. You have access to a New Year's six game. If you're the best non Power five, sorry, group of five team, you have access to a New Year's Six game automatically if you're the highest ranked group of five team. BYU doesn't have that right now. You have a more reasonable schedule. BYU could win 10-plus games, right, in, in, in that league, and they did in the Mountain West for a while. By the way, it's been eight years as an independent, nine after this season. Do you know how long BYU was in the Mountain West? It was only 12 years. So it's not like, it's not like BYU was in there forever. We're entering that yeah. Uh, realm. Yeah. So those are the reasons why. The, your thoughts? I like the idea of having conference context, but I just can't get over what BYU would be giving up to go and compete for a trophy that they might win. And what happens if they are not good enough to win the American? Then what? Then why did they go back to the conference? Yeah, it depends what you want. Like if you, okay, let's dive into the why not. That'll probably tick off ESPN. BYU's in the middle of negotiating a second contract. So if BYU was serious about getting into the American, they would need to decide like yesterday. ESPN would have to broker this, I would think. They would have to be a middle partner in this. No, I I think BYU would just go, and then they they have the TV deal of the American. You you cease to have this one-on-one relationship with ESPN, which I think is valuable. But doesn't ESPN have the rights to the American? Yes, but the league... Argues that sure, what no, I'm saying, no individual school says this is what I want. It's the league for so those not like schools. Boise State in the Mountain West. Correct. Well, we know that BYU did that. We'll talk about that in a second. BYU would have to buy out a bunch of games, by the way. 
Because you only play up to four non-conference uh, games a year. Yes, and so there's BYU an exception. Buy out a bunch. There's an exception in those contracts if BYU joins a Power Five. Conference. Yeah, this is not one of them, right? Although they claim to be that um, Power Six. BYU, BYU's deal with ESPN perhaps could be better than with the American. The American, uh, the new deal is seven mil per year per school. Will BYU make more than that? I would argue that even if you made less with ESPN, it's still beneficial to have that over being in that league. Okay, so how much is worth being with ESPN to you? Because perhaps BYU makes less. Perhaps they make more. Listen, BYU wants to be with the best brands, ESPN, Nike, and so on. I, I think that there's more, uh, more to being independent than going to the American. Now, if we knew that BYU was not going to get invited to a power conference in the future, now it's a different conversation, but we don't know that yet. I gave you my take on all of this yesterday. And I'm going right back there. Why, with the timing at this all, would BYU jump ship from independence now as a free agent? We talked about Yoli Childs and why he should come back to BYU. Because those international leagues, they'll still be there later, right? BYU is in a position right now where why not wait three to four more years just to see what happens with the Power 5 TV rights and if there is major conference realignment. And if they're, not invited, if they're not invited after that, there will be opportunities to go to a group of five in 2024. Perhaps. Like that's, we'll see. that's not going away. BYU is a national brand. That's like going to Tibet and climbing all the way up the mountain to talk to the wise man and getting like almost there and being like, um, I'm tired. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to settle for something else. Like, Why? You're almost there. Let's just see what happens before you jump ship too early. Timing is everything, and you would hate to perhaps miss an opportunity if that's what you want. But, yeah, wait for the uh, bigger payout perhaps. All right. Let's keep it rolling, baby. Okay, topic uh, two. Brett McMurphy's article also stated uh, the first go-round in 2012 with the potential AAC inclusion, BYU had, quote, too many demands and wanted to be treated differently on TV rights than any other members, end quote. A.K.A. give us more TV money than everybody else. Now the Cougars are in the midst of negotiating a second deal with Espen. Spencer, should BYU be demanding with its TV rights? Yes. BYU is in a unique position. If ESPN is going to give them a certain amount of money, and it is more than what they would get in the American Athletic Conference, why would BYU not try and equal that number within the American Right now I'm thinking, who benefits more from having BYU, or sorry, who benefits more, the American or BYU from this potential partnership? And right now, my opinion is, it's the American. They need and want a 12th team. And whether they go with Army or BYU, those teams are both high maintenance and both independent to a degree. But why, why not? Why, why? BYU does not have to settle right now. There's no urgency with what we think is going to happen in a few years. Just wait and see what happens. Yeah, then, then, then I'll make say, your decision. Okay, I think I want BYU in a league. Great, yes. You know, at some point. Then make your decision. Then it would be 12 years of independence or 13 years, okay? Yeah. We're, we're to the point where BYU is almost to this critical juncture. So, yes, right now, if the American's like, we really want you, BYU I has some leverage. I don't know that they are. BYU has some leverage to say, well, we've got a great deal of the ESPN. We've got a good thing going. We have an incredible home schedule this year and next year. Why? I don't think, I don't think the American is uh, – I don't think BYU has leverage right now. I don't. BYU's won 11 games the last two years. Um, and, it's about money and, and, and the first, television eyeballs. And, and the first time 
they obviously didn't come to terms, so I, I think they'd be a little more hesitant to go there again. I don't think BYU has, uh, has leverage, nor does it need it or want it. Um, the answer to this question about being demanding with TV rights, it depends what you want. If you want e- to be on ESPN at home and then the games that aren't on BYU TV, then yes, you should be demanding because you can have the setup you want. In my opinion, BYU is independent because it wants to be with ESPN and to leverage BYU TV fully. If BYU goes to the American, and they, uh, it, they would have to agree to allow BYU TV probably secondary rights. And typically a, a place like BYU TV, us, would be a third-tier provider, right? So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I, I think it's in the DNA of the, ch- of the members of the church to be unique, to be separate, to say, hey, one true church. Hey, we're going to leave the United States and go west and go to Utah. We're going to leave this whole situation. I think that, honestly, the athletic department and football team, it's in the DNA to want to be separate, to want to be different, to pave a different path, and to scream, we are unique, we are different, we're going to do this our own different way. Yes, because BYU is different and they attract a different type of audience nationwide, that's why I say they have some cards in their pocket. So whether you want to call it leverage or not, I mean, BYU does not need, they're not desperate to rush off into the American right now. I think they're in a good position with timing and situation. And even though BYU has been an eight-win per season team, the numbers still continue to pile in as they are expected, which is why ESPN wants to re-up with them. So this is not a point of desperation. The, The American's not anxious to get BYU right now, in my opinion. No. They're not anxious to get anybody, apparently. This just happened. They're like, wait, what? UConn's leaving? Yeah, well, it's all conjecture and speculation at this point. But if, we're saying if this were the situation. Yeah, I think BYU competitively needs to be better. Like, to get in a Power 5 inclusion spot, BYU needs to be better in the next couple of years. They can't be eight, seven wins a year to feel like they're at the forefront of this. Obviously, there's lots that goes into it. I think it would help if they're competitively better. On to topic three. Now for some basketball. Jimmer Fredette has signed an NBA Summer League contract with the Golden State Warriors. Oh, my goodness. The next splash, brother. Okay. Jerem, <laughs> are the Warriors the best possible fit for James Taft Fredette? There's no great fit in the NBA for Jimmer Fredette. Let me tell you why. Uh, his usage rate is too high. In 2010-11, his usage rate was about 38%. That was the seventh highest in college hoops. Meaning in, to be effective, he has to have a high usage rate. Years. Okay. Y- yes. Jimmer okay. Fredette demands the ball. To be Jimmer, he's got to have the ball. Um, when Jimmer didn't have the ball as much, he averaged 16 a game. When he did have the ball, he averaged 22 and 28 a game, almost 29. So he's a good player when his usage rate is high, right? But in the NBA, no team's going to hand him the ball. The only player in the NBA who had a usage rate of 38-plus last year was James Harden at 41%. I don't think he's really happy unless his usage rate is high, meaning that he has the ball in his hands and he's the one either creating or getting the shot, right? Um, This is from a guy that's averaged six a game and shot 41% in the NBA. Listen, I think he's a great non-NBA player, and you can make a lot of money and have a great life outside the NBA. I just don't think that there is a great fit for what Jimmer wants to do. I don't think any team is going to hand him the keys and let him go. They're going to let someone younger um, do this. Typically, like Trey Young with the Hawks, for example. Um, Fantastic rookie season, right? But his usage rate was super high. More on this coming up. 
why the Warriors just might be, in my opinion, a good fit for Jimmer because of what they're dealing with on their roster. But for now, we're going back to football. Coming up, Brett McMurphy joins the program. You have Stadium Sports. He discusses the pros and cons of BYU in the AAC. But first, Phil Steele on why he thinks BYU could be a top 40 team when this season is over. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Jim Romania continues and Kiki Solano gets us ready for a party outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We welcome in our first guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He is the college football preseason magazine guru, Phil Steele, ESPN College Football Insider and Contributor as well. Phil, nice to have you back on the program. Hey, a real pleasure, guys. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Uh, we feel like uh, we're getting closer to college football because we have you on the program. And what's your typical day like right now, now that your uh, 2019 college football preview magazine has been released? Uh, this is living the life right now, guys. I tell you what, uh, you know, the magazine is six months of deadlines and stress. And then in the month of June, I basically go through every game for the upcoming season. So once again, you're on deadlines. But I've gone through every game for the upcoming season, projected who I had favored, who I had underdog, games I've had toss-ups. And now I'm just getting to talk football all day long, and I'm working like 40, 50 hours a week. It's hardly like even working, guys. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, let's talk about where you have BYU. You have them at number 38. Is that a preseason uh, ranking, or is that a uh, what you think they'll end up this year? That's where I think they're going to end up this year. And, uh, you know, when I look at BYU, they're a – a talented team. They've got 17 returning starters coming back. Not wild about the schedule. I mean, the first, the only team in the country to open up with four Power Five teams in the first four games. But despite the tough schedule, and despite the fact that you know you can make a case for them winning or losing each of their first seven games, I think they come out of that first seven games four and three, three and four, and then finish off real strong down the stretch. And but the amount of games they would win in that seven-game stretch, they're going to have to pull some upsets in there, maybe a USC, maybe a Washington. I think that gets them into the top 40 at the end of the year. ESPN College Football Insider Phil Steele on BYU Sports Nation. What's the realistic best-case scenario for BYU with a win-loss record in 2019? You want me to put on my uh, blue sunglasses Yes, please. And, blue uh, goggles. <laughs> Well, I would have to say, you know, when I, uh, let's say absolute best case scenario, I'm a true dive blue BYU fan. There's no game on the schedule they can't win this year. I mean, there's every single game. The, the biggest underdog I have them in all year is the opening game against Utah, a six-point underdog. All the rest of the games, they're either favored or a slight underdog at that. So there's there's no unwinnable games at the schedule. So if you want to push the full gauntlet, and by no means am I calling for it, but if I'm if I'm a BYU fan, uh, I, I would think that the best case scenario would be 11, 12 wins. Wow! You mentioned you mentioned that you have nine sets uh, and two said BYU winning ten plus. You said your main set calls for seven wins. We feel pretty similar. Somewhere between seven and nine is probably where BYU ends up. What do you think realistically ends up happening if this team is the 30th best team in the country? Uh, I came up with, uh, looking at the schedule, I'm going to go with eight wins. I think that 
you know, you look at the early first four games, Utah at Tennessee, home to USC, home to Washington, maybe an underdog in all four, but a slight underdog. I think they can win one or two of those games. At Toledo, Toledo is my pick to win the MAC. Uh, the Mac West, I should say. They're tough at home. That's not going to be an easy game, but it's a winnable game. USF is a team that last year was probably the fakest team in college football. They opened up 7-0, and but they were beating a bunch of weaklings and barely beating them at that. When they played bowl teams, they got crushed. They are a better team this year. They've got the heat and humidity of Florida. That makes that one a toss-up game. The Boise State game, to me, is a toss-up game, but I think BYU can win that one at home. Got them a slight favorite in that. So when I look at the schedule, lots of toss-up games. I'm going to go with eight as my magic number for BYU this year. You mentioned that you expect the BYU offense to put up its best numbers since at least 2014. Why is that, Phil? Well, a big part of it is the quarterback, Zach Wilson. I'm very impressed with him down the stretch last year, especially in the bowl game. Uh, I think when you add in a running back like Tyson Williams from South Carolina, they go along with Katoa, who I think Katoa could very well be the feature back this year as well. You look at the receiving core, uh, I love the tight ends led by Matt Bushman. Uh, They could run a lot of 12 personnel, and the offensive line looks like it's going to be solid. So I think the straw that stirs the drink, though, is quarterback Zach Wilson. And I think him playing anywhere near like he did in the bowl game, this is a BYU offense that's going to be much improved. And you feel like he's going to take a a leap, perhaps. You mentioned that he could be one of the, or should be, one of the top quarterbacks in FBS. So you feel very highly about Zach Wilson. I do. I like what I saw of him last year. You know, last year you're looking at a true freshman that steps in and uh, completes 66% of his passes, tosses just three interceptions all year. Uh, Coach Sataki was only expecting perfection out of him in the bowl game, and that's what he got. And uh, I, I think when you look at Wilson's second year in that offense, now a true sophomore, you know, I'm going to go back and throw out another true freshman quarterback from last year, and that would be uh, USC's quarterback. Came in a little bit more highly rated coming out of high school, but going through the, rugger, the rigors of a first-year starting quarterback, JT Daniels, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's more like a true freshman. I expect big things out of Zach Wilson this year. Now to the defensive side of the ball for BYU. You project that the Cougars at 23 points allowed per game and 322 yards are going to be a pretty formidable defense. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, why do you feel strongly that BYU can compete under Kalani Satake? You know, they lose some key players this year on defense, which is always a, a negative, like uh, Taki Taki at the linebacker spot, also Kafusi up front at the defensive end spot, who contributed eight and a half sacks. So you lose your leading tackler, you lose your top sack guy, you think there might be a step back. But when I look at BYU, you know, you look at the first of all, let's take a look at layer by layer. The defensive line, they actually returned 10 of their top 12 defensive line. And going through the team with Coach Sataki, like I do every year, I thought they had better depth on the D-line, much better depth on the defense overall last year than they had the previous year. And this year, that depth is solid once again. You go to linebacking court, you know, two of the projected returning starters last year, uh, Anderson and uh, Poe, both came in and uh, got injured. They played three and four starts combined. Uh, Anderson's back this year, by the way. When he was still the number seven tackler despite just four starts. So I think despite losing their top linebacker like they do to the Browns, the number three draft pick, that you're going to see their linebacking core be solid. And the secondary, uh, you know, practically everybody's back. So that's a big plus there. So this is a veteran secondary, a veteran defense, eight starters back. Last year they only gave up 21.4 points per game. I'm calling for a slight regression to 23 points per game, but that's still pretty solid, especially in today's game of hurry-up offenses. 
Kalani Sitake is entering his fourth season uh, as the head coach here. Nine and four, four and nine, seven and six. He's one game over five hundred. What are your impressions of uh, Kalani Sitake and the direction BYU is headed with him? You know, he's a guy that loves football, loves BYU. I think he's a guy that's uh, going to take BYU to the next step in the in the near future. I think uh, you know you'll go back to the the 2017 season that was a disaster but last year they got their footing on the right path i love the fact they went in and beat wisconsin on the road that was a huge win early in the season and i think a big reason that coach sataki's uh, here again this year so i, I like the, the job he's doing and i think you're going to continue to see byu's fortunes rise phil the conference realignment conversation has resurfaced thanks to uconn byu has been targeted as a good fit to replace the huskies along with army but my question is, who would benefit more from that scenario right now, the American Athletic Conference or BYU, to uh, have that partnership put in place? Uh, I think they both benefit for this reason. The American Conference right now is in a battle with the Mountain West for the top group of five conferences. I rate the American Conference ahead of the Mountain West right now. I think you throw in a BYU chip and replace that, replacing UConn, you're talking about putting the AAC clearly as the top group of five conference. And as they like to build themselves the uh, six power, the power six conference out there. But with BYU, it's tough playing this independent schedule for crying out loud. You know, four power five teams in the first four games. I think you'll see the win total increase for BYU if they get aligned in conference play and they're playing a set schedule and don't have to play some of these hellacious uh, road games in early season games like they are. So I, I think it could be a win-win situation. Which of the first four games, Phil, is the most winnable for BYU? Uh, I'm going to throw out both the USC and the Washington game. USC is a team that's going to be learning a brand-new offense uh, with the you know going to the pass-happy offense. Uh, they've got the skill, talent. There's no doubt about that. But we've seen USC play uneven in recent years, so they've got that opportunity. And then you look at the Washington game, and what I like about that, Washington only has two returning starters on defense, so they're rather young on that side of the ball. Washington's also playing some key games uh, early on in the season, so when they get to the, you know, they'll be coming off uh, Cal and Hawaii, having to travel to BYU with USC, Stanford on deck. They're in the middle of conference play, basically, and uh, I think that's going to make it difficult for them to win on the road. So I, I think both chances are, are very good for BYU in those. Okay, Phil, we've uh, got the magazine ourselves. We absolutely love it. How can people get it if they would like it as well? Well, I appreciate that, guys. Today's the official day. It is on the newsstands, finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we, yeah, we come out later than everybody else, but uh, it was allowed us to capture all that the May transfer portal stuff. So I think we got the latest rosters, and uh, it's a big, a big thing for me. Now, you can go to Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Books A Million, CVS, Target, Walgreens, public, places like that. All I ask, if you don't know the magazine, pick up a copy, open it up. If you're a casual football fan, you'll put it right back down. Way too much information. But if you're a football fan or a hardcore football fan, you're going to say, I need this thing. You're going to pick this book up, take it home, and be a reader for, for the next 20 years. So uh, it's, it's available at all the newsstands today. If you don't find it there, go to philsteel.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E, philsteel.com. Phil, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, good luck with your slower 40- to 50-hour week of work schedule. Yeah, it's pretty easy this time of year. Really enjoying it. Great talking football with you guys today. All right, Phil, thanks so thanks, much. Phil. Phil Steele on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. So he thinks eight wins. That's the goal we've said. Okay, go get eight, right? 
The blue goggled version is 10, which is also fun. Oh, man. <laughs> 10 would be amazing. Coming up, more TV money and a better bowl game. College Football Insider Brett McMurphy on if those are possible if BYU went to the American Athletic. And a best of between the lines. What's offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes really thinking about the questions that Lauren and Jason asked him? This is BYU Sports Nation. Back on BYU Sports Nation in the studio, Bizzle, we now present part two of today's BYUSN headlines. Maybe you've heard stadium sports reporter Brett McMurphy, college football insider, reporting that Independence Army and BYU are the top two candidates, if interested, to replace UConn as the 12th team of the American Athletic Conference. We will talk to Brett McMurphy in about 12 minutes. The Phoenix Suns have declined their team option this season on Jimmer Fredette's contract per Shams Charanian of The Athletic. This clears the way for Fredette to play for the Warriors during the NBA Summer League. Jackson Clough, former BYU baseball star, recently drafted, went one for three with a hit and two walks in a 7-6 Hagerstown Suns loss to the Hickory Crawdads. Keep it up, Jackson. The Hickory Crawdads. Fantastic. I know. And in AAA, Taylor Cole earned the win with a 14-9 Salt Lake Bees victory over the Fresno Grizzlies. Cole pitched three scoreless innings, struck out four in his first game back with the Bees. One week ago today, BYU football held its annual media day, and as usual, we were privileged to get an even better in-depth view into the football team and staff with Jason Shepard and Lauren McLean hosting the web chats. So for now, we hand it over to Lauren for her best of BYU web chats from media day in between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We had a blast doing these interviews. It was hard to pick our favorites, but we think we did it. This is the best of the web chats. Who would be the first to break it down at a dance party? It's me. Is it Colin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unanimous. And even when my legs are hurting, I can do the upper body movement. <laughs> Belly dancing. For all occasions, yeah. Who wins in one-on-one between the two of you? Between us? Yeah. Oh, it's not even close. I would dunk on Gennaro. <laughs> what are some of the ways that your last name has been butchered? Gana Woloku. It's like they just see it and they just make their own word of it. The first thing, they just make everything else of Gana Woloku or Ty Detmer, guacamole. They have their own inside jokes. They have their own style. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Recovering well. Um... Just taking it one day at a time. What is each other's hidden talent? Singer. 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 Uh, Give us a line. Give us a little. (laughs) (laughs) Who was a mama's boy? Again, both of them immediately right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, actually, you're right. She said both. Uh, The best show lines kind of run themselves, and so. Rumor has it that you and Zach are kind of the ladies. Men of the team. That's not me. Heck no. <laughs> All I'm saying is Zane knows a lot of ladies. A lot. <laughs> so right is now that, we're the that same height. Tinder profile? Do you put that? What are you talking about? What are you talking legs? about Tinder for? Stubbing the legs in there. I don't know. On Christian Mingle. Yeah, my mom was like, what should we make for the farewell? I'm like, let's just make Pop-Tarts. So what is the status of your health right now? I'm trying not to look too far in the future, but I feel comfortable with where I'm at and my body feels good. And I'm optimistic about the future and reaching my goal of the first game. 
they, they have their own way of doing business. We've come up with what Lauren and I believe are some pretty clever <laughs> names instead of calling you guys hogs. The voluptuous piglets. Oh. Yes. The last one we have come up with, the ham -ers. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Hey. the hammer. <laughs> I was in Walmart, and um, I was, like, checking out my bags, and the lady just, like, started talking to me. She could tell, like, I wasn't from around here. She yeah. asking me questions and, like, you know, just being, talking about the people and stuff like that. And then, you know, in the end, she invited me to the movies. <laughs> like, I've only known you for, like, five minutes. We have some mullets that we think are ranked in some of the best ever. Where are you ranking John Beck's mullet? <laughs> now that one's just good looking. That's a good looking dude right there. <laughs> name the two main co-hosts of BYU Sports Nation. Okay, I've heard the name Jerem Jordan. Yes. Oh, yes. he even got the last name. Yes. Okay. Oh. And I could not tell you who another person is. I'm not going to tell Spencer you, you remember okay, Jerem's name, not his. Which coach is the fastest eater? Tails. The tails. You both I just signed him up here. Oh, yeah, I just signed him. Where, where is he? He wants to go eat some. We're going to tell him. We're going to tell him. Southam is my favorite kicker. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Jake Oldroyd, you know I love you too. Yeah, Jake knows us. <laughs> Those guys need to talk to Jake about getting the names of the BYU Sports Nation. Who, That's right. Oh, was, uh, was that Trey Harris? No, sorry. Uh, Mitch? Mitch Harris. Mitch Harris. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. His cousin Trey works here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, really fun. Gennaro Guilford is hilarious, by the way. He's really funny. That's great. Oh. If you miss those web chats, by the way, I th maybe you'll go into this. You can, uh, you can learn a lot on, of stuff. They're all on YouTube. They're all on YouTube. You can go to uh, the BYU TV app. I believe they're on demand there as well, but uh, sliced up by pair on YouTube. So, Great job by Lauren awesome. McClain, Jason Shepard, awesome. and the Between the Lines crew to put together the best of the web chats. Next week on BTL... We visit the hype man mm -hmm. with director yeah. of operations for track and him. field, Let's Isaac Wood. Where are you, Isaac? Let's just say this yes. one's going to be oh, screamlicious. Oh, Between the yeah. Lines is bringing it over the summer. Yes, they are. They are bringing Hopefully it. Hopefully in the fall as well. So Real good. So uh, good. But more importantly, BYU plays Utah. Mm. Remember that? What? Countdown to the youths. 65 days. Okay, 65. We're close to two months away. Yeah. yeah. Later, we're, later we're this week? Mark. We're hitting that mark, right? 60 days is like, okay, within two months. That's getting real because then we're, we're, we're coming up on one month to fall camp, which is in the summer. But anyway, we always talk about that. Yeah, BYU, one of the first schools to open training yeah. camp. There. Yeah, there. BYU's not the only game on Thursday. You know, August no, there are 29th. there are a bunch of There's games. There's like ten games, but they but are one of the feature games. They're I one think of the they're top. The, I think they're the best game. One of the top two yeah. games yeah. on that Thursday night. By the way, number sixty-five. Our shout out today, Dallas Reynolds. Yeah, of the long tenured Reynolds family within the annals of BYU football Reynolds history. Reynolds rep. Two thousand five, two thousand eight, three time All American. Coming up, is football only a viable option for BYU and the American? That's a great question. In fact, I think we should ask Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports, who is reporting that BYU, if interested, is a great fit for the American. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
If you like free apps and great content, well, you're lucky. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today. Did you say free? I did. Sign me up. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Why should or shouldn't BYU be interested in joining the American Athletic Conference? Doug Heath answers on Facebook. Any group of five conference is a step back from independence. Unless there's a guarantee that the AAC becomes a power conference, then BYU should stay independent. Depends what you want. BYU wants to be on ESPN. That's why they're independent, in my opinion. That's the primary motive. If your motive is to make a New Year's Six, being in a group of five is a better move, but I don't think that's BYU's primary motive. And how about the timing of it all? Let's discuss that and much more with our next guest on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Stadium Sports College football insider Brett McMurphy. Brett, we joked last time that uh, we had you on the show that we only bring you on when we're talking college football realignment or conference expansion. Here we are. Here we go again. Are are you ready to do it again? (laughs) Try to get out and they keep pulling me back in. (laughs) (laughs) Brett, in your opinion, why would the American Athletic Conference – perhaps be a good fit for BYU right now in 2019 or in 2020 moving forward? Well, I, I disagree with the, your Facebook poster, and the reason is that you mentioned is because of the New Year's Six game. If you're, not, if you're an independent and you're not a Power Five like BYU, then basically you have to go 12-0 and to play. Let me rephrase it. You have to go 12-0 and to have a chance to get into a New Year's Six game. BYU can go 12-0. and There's no guarantee they're going to be ranked high enough to get in. If you are in the American and you are 11-2, and you're the highest-ranked champion from the Group of Five Leagues, then you will play in the Peach Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. If you're an independent and you're BYU and you go 11-1, and you go to the Heart of Dallas Bowl or some other nondescript bowl. So as far as motivation, as far as what it would do for the school – I think it would mean more for the school. I mean, look how UCF has grown based on going to these New Year's Six games, and obviously their national championship, of course. Don't forget that. Um, <laughs> I mean, they people know about UCF. I mean, I live in Tampa. Ten years ago, UCF was an afterthought. And I really think BYU should, should be aggressive with this. I've heard uh, both sides on whether Army has any interest in joining a conference. Ultimately, I don't think they would do it. And other than Army and BYU, sources have told me there's nobody else the American's looking at. And the American, at the end of the day, may just stay at 11, kind of like the Big 12 stayed at 10. But I just think if BYU wants to get into a power conference, let's fast forward six years and say there's conference realignment. One last merry-go-round. Would BYU be more attractive if they were an independent that won – you know, seven, eight, nine, ten games a year for the next six years and went to whatever bowl games you can think of? Or would they be more attractive if they had won three American Conference championships and gone to two New Year's Six games and upset a Power Five team in one of those bowl games? Well, I think, you know, my opinion's worth nothing, but I think they'd be more attractive. Certainly, they would move the needle more going to the New Year's Six games, winning the conference championships. Those conference championships are on ESPN. I heard you mention the ESPN deal. The American just signed a new deal with the with uh, ESPN where it will average $7 million per school per year. So they'll be on ESPN the same as they will whether they're independent or not. So ultimately, though, it's a preference. There's not a right or wrong answer. But if it was me at this point, 
I would go ahead and do it because then if you if you dominate in the American, then you can show the Big 12, you can show the Pac-12, you can show whoever else may want to expand. Man, these guys have really upped their game. They've proved they can win, and quite frankly, they proved they can get along with others in a conference. Which, no offense, because I love you guys, but one of the <laughs> one of the negatives about BYU is that that people in college athletics believe the school is a pain in the ass to deal with, and so it's almost like a you know you're kind of showing everybody what you can do, almost like a job tryout. You can stay independent till the end of time. That's fine. You're gonna have trouble. <laughs> scheduling games in November and that sort of thing, or you can get into a conference and then that would lead to bigger and better things. That's just my opinion. Is this a football only scenario, Brett, or is this an all sports thing? Which is the better scenario for both sides? Football only. Cause I neither, I don't think neither side wants to send their Olympic sports halfway across the country to play. You know, you're not going to send, uh, you know, you don't want BYU going to play East Carolina in, in women's basketball and the same thing, East Carolina coming out to BYU for for an Olympic sport. So, no, I think it would be football only. Uh, that puts them at 12 in football. Right now they're at 11 in basketball. There's been some speculation. They may try to add VCU as a, as a basketball member. But, no, I think it, you know, you guys have a good home in your Olympic sports now. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't move those because those geography is much more important for the Olympic sports than for football. So I think it would be football only. And I think that's really um, with Army and BYU, that's all the Americans looking at is football only membership. I don't think they want Army as full members either. Let's explore what you said a minute ago. And, and I tend to agree with several of the points, not all, but several, with the BYU kind of being hard to work with, right? I feel like BYU has leaned a lot on, okay, yeah, we won a national title. We had a Heisman Trophy winner. In fact, we're the last non-power teams to do that. In 06-09, there was a nice run of 10-plus wins every year in top 20 and whatnot. Do you feel like BYU needs to validate all of this competitively with a 10-plus win season, something that kind of splashes in the next couple of years, if they don't go to the American and, and make the splash that you said? The challenge for BYU on the national level is that you guys can win 10, 10 games and – because you're an independent, because you're not in the running for the New Year's Six games, there's not a lot of interest nationally on, wow, are you guys, do you guys have a shot to get in one of the New Year's Six games? And that's unfortunate. It's not fair, but that's, that's the reality. So uh, I, I think you kind of fly under the radar. And, you know, you talked about, you know, winning a, a national title and, and w- winning a Heisman Trophy. I mean, those are great points. And I go to the American, hey, you know, we won a national title just like UCF. We won a Heisman Trophy just like Houston. You know, bring us bring us on board. But also, it's what have you done for me lately? And sure. you know, that's kind of the issue with UConn. I, I know, in no way am I comparing you guys to UConn. But since they went to the 2011 Fiesta Bowl, they've had eight consecutive losing seasons. You know, they've won three or fewer games five of the last six years. They're one and eleven last year. You know, they've fallen and they can't get up. So that's why they're moved to the Big East. So the past history of past history, the history of BYU is tremendous, and it's an attribute. But you also have to, you know, what have you done for me lately? And that's what a lot of these athletic directors and officials at the conferences are looking at now. Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking conference expansion, realignment, go figure. It's what we do every time when uh, he joins us. But financially speaking, would BYU make more money as a member of the American Athletic Conference football only or staying independent with ESPN? 
I believe they would make more with the American. I actually, before I came on the show, I tried to Google it. I reported, and I can't remember the number. Back when you guys did the deal with ESPN, I had a source tell me the number that BYU was getting per year. I know it's a private school. I don't think BYU's ever commented officially on what the number is. I think um, Jay Drew, Salt Lake City, reported a different number, maybe a little bit higher than what I reported. But, no, ESPN is not going to pay BYU $7 million a year because that's what the American schools are getting. Uh, they're getting $84 million a year divided by 12. That's $7 million a year. They're not going to pay them $7 million a year. Why? Because they don't have to. Um, you know, and they will have a similar TV deal. They're going to have a lot of ESPN appearances, and they're also going to be on ESPN+. Plus. That's the big um, thing that ESPN is pushing now to get, you know, to compensate for the loss of subscribers is getting people to purchase the ESPN uh, Plus. And so, yeah, BYU would be similar. The only difference, you know, the major difference is, is you can get to a New Year's Six game. Scheduling headaches would subside a little bit for Tom Homo. And, um, you know, I guess fans can debate whether it's a, a smart move or not. So just to clarify, you think that while BYU is in contract negotiations with ESPN right now, whatever that number is will be less than what the Cougars could get with the American Athletic Conference. Absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Tom is having those conversations with ESPN or will have them with ESPN. Um, you know, if, if they're making X number of dollars in the new deal, he may say, well, if we go to the American, what would the number be? And ESPN would tell him. And believe me, the American is going to ESPN. And I know a lot of people twist this, and I understand why they do. But the American will go to ESPN and say, if we add Army – because they have to renegotiate the deal. They've lost a member. It's good faith renegotiations because the conference is different from when you sign the contract. So they have to renegotiate. So the American will go to ESPN and say, okay, we're, if we add Army, what's the value? And they'll give them a number. And then they'll say, okay, if we add BYU, what's the number? It may be the same, maybe less, maybe more. I, I don't know. And then the American has that information, and then they go back to their membership and say, okay, if we had Army, we, we make this much. If we had BYU, we had this much. And if there's no real big issues with either school, <laughs> surprise, surprise, then they're going to take the school that brings them more revenue. But then I know that it gets twisted by saying, well, ESPN told them to take Team X. ESPN didn't tell them to take Team X. ESPN told them if you take Team X, you're going to make more money than if you take Team Y. Very well explained, Brett. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be doing this again soon. So, are you cool with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I understand the position BYU's in. I, I, I welcome an official statement. I think they have my email. Please send it my way. But I don't think we'll get one. The American, I think they'll put out a statement and they'll pay, they'll probably say, you know, we're fine at 11 right now. We may consider 12. That's something we'll discuss. So the good news for you guys doing this every day is this will drag on for several months. <laughs> exactly. You'll have pl plenty of fodder, and there will be multiple, multiple, multiple. There will be more reports about BYU's in or BYU's out or Army's in or Army's out or whatever's going on. There will be more of those reports than points that UConn's defense gave up last year in the next six months. And that is a lot. <laughs> Brad, uh, we appreciate the sense of humor. You are a gentleman and a college football scholar. Thanks so much. 
Talk to you guys soon. Bye. All righty. Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. There's a lot to break down of what Whoa. he discussed. I, I, like I said, I agree with some of it. I disagree with uh, some other points, but uh, we'll certainly break that down over the next couple of days. Coming up, Jim Fredette and the Suns part ways. Details in the whip. Plus, a rise and shout out to the man who caught a touchdown pass to beat a certain BYU rival in a bowl game. This is BYU Sports Nation. Petty and vindictive. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Loaded show with Phil Steele and Brett McMurphy, who just dropped a wealth of information and opinion on BYU to the American Athletic Conference. If you missed it, you should download the podcast. Some uh, some things may rub you the wrong way. We're going to break it down the next couple days. Show's on demand via the podcast and BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Brett McMurphy, as mentioned, of Stadium Sports says Independence Army and BYU are the top two candidates, if interested, to replace UConn as the 12th member of the American Athletic Conference. Jimmer! The Phoenix Suns have declined their team option this season on Jimmer Fredette's contract per Shams Sharania of the Athletic. This clears the way for Fredette to play with the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Summer League. Soccer! World Cup Day, the U.S. beat Spain 2-1 to advance to the quarterfinals. What was it, Megan Rapino, PK? Two of them. They'll play host France Friday. Honorary secondary team in the Netherlands plays Japan today, 3 Eastern. Let's, Let's go, go Orange. Let's go. I'm way less into this than I was with Croatia. I'm going to be honest. Today's rise and shout-outs. For me, goes to one of our former BYU TV sports production assistants, Skylar Street, who mm-hmm. posted a picture yesterday with the following caption, I was lucky enough to finish my time at Northwestern, getting his master's, with Trey K. Locke, who caught the touchdown pass in the bowl game to beat the Utah Utes. Okay. Holiday Bowl last year for Northwestern. BYU fans salute you. And he says, BYU fans got to show this man some love. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Mine goes to Price Jarman, a former men's volleyball player. He was on the USA Pan Am Cup team over the weekend. He gets the call up. BYU's going to send its B team because they've already qualified for the final to Bulgaria. So that's cool. And also over the weekend, he was uh, playing against Puerto Rico, coached by 99 national champion, one of my favorite people of all time, Ossie Antonin. Yes, love it. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Why should or shouldn't BYU be interested in joining the AAC? At Colonel underscore James 83 says, one wrong geographical footprint yes. may not be able to keep the same ESPN deal. Correct. Locked into conference when Power 5 conferences realign in not four ne- years. Pro, easier scheduling, and two conference title. All right, that'll do it for us. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tyler Anderson. BYU Sports Station back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.